you do. Greetings, everybody. Praise the Lord. I have a few places to read here. If you brought your Bibles, I want to go to Philippians 1, 9, and 10, and then I want to go to Revelation 5, verse 8, and Revelation verse 8, or chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. Thanks, Dad, for letting me speak this tonight. I've been feeling it the last couple of days, and I want to give this to hopefully bless somebody. Philippians 1, verse 9 and 10 says, And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Revelation Revelation 5, verse 8 says, When he had taken the book, the four beasts, the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. In Revelation 8, verse 3 and 4, another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. The smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. I want to talk to you about the scent of sincerity. The scent of sincerity. Uh, When we pray, prayer comes out of our mouth as words, as sound. Um, We know the Bible says that the Lord hears prayer, uh, but somehow between prayer, leaving your lips, and by the time it gets to the throne room of heaven, it transforms from sound to scent. Somehow it, it goes from something you say to something he smells. It's not just that he hears what we say, but he smells the attitude of which we pray. Prayers come before God and they are a fragrance before God in his nostrils. So, so that means when you pray or I pray, it's not so much the words that matter, it's the spirit of the words, because God doesn't just hear what I say, he smells what I say. Uh, Anna prayed in bitterness of soul, and she stayed barren as long as her prayers were bitter, uh, because there was a bitter stench of her prayer coming before God. The Pharisee prayed with pride. He said, I thank you that I'm not like this guy over here. And uh, his prayer reeked in God's nostrils. It's it's stunk full of pride. And you can pray in doubt. Charles Finney said, anytime you pray, you don't believe that God's going to do it. You're going to make God out to be a liar. So why should you pray anyway about what you're asking for? Because you're not really believing. Anything that's not of faith is sin. So God doesn't just hear what I say and hear what you say. He senses the spirit behind or the motive behind what I'm saying and what you're saying. And so he took me on a journey the last few days, and I want to give you just uh, this, what he gave me. So there are different types of praying. There's when you're talking to the Lord, we all, we know about patterns of prayer. We know about the Lord's prayer, the armor of God, tabernacle. But when you're praying, sometimes it's very unemotional. Sometimes it's very emotional. Sometimes it's very desperate. Um, But the most powerful prayer that gets answered is a sincere prayer. That is, that is, um, that's what he told me. 
and this is, I didn't understand what he meant. I just thought, okay, I got to be more serious. But then when he showed me in the Bible what it meant, it changed my life, and I hope it changes yours tonight. So the word sincere in our text in Philippians, it literally is alacranes, which means to be pure, to be found pure when unfolded and examined by the light of the sun. It's judged by sunlight, and it's tested until time tested, till the light of the day gets on it. That determines if what was what was happening was sincere or not. So when you pray a prayer, it might seem sincere, but if you forget about what you prayed an hour later, time is immediately showing that what you prayed was emotional, but not sincere. Let me say it like this. Could it be that what's more, uh, that it's not so much, it's not so important what you pray as it is what happens after you pray. What do you do after you're done with your prayer meeting determines if what you prayed lingers in the throne room of God as an odor, as a fragrance before him, as sincere, and it stays in his presence. Your actions after you pray determine how long the prayer lasts in his presence. That is a revelation because a lot of times we pray something and say, well, I prayed about it, and then we forget and we go and do uh, live our day completely ignoring everything we were so desperate about when we prayed that morning because we think we've put it in God's hands. When the truth is, if it's really sincere, it will be tested throughout the day. The light of the day will test what you said as either sincere or as emotional. In other words, if we're praying and then it lingers on us and and our day is, is connected to what we've prayed about, it's far more likely that prayer is going to be answered because that prayer was a sincere one. So I want to give you five questions uh, about your prayer life. I want to give you five questions to ask yourself to see if what you're praying is sincere or not. The thing you're so desperate for God to do, the prayer request you're so desperate for God to answer, I want to ask you, and the answer is in each question, if it's sincere what you're asking, okay? All right. Number one. After you pray, do you continue praying? Does your prayer continue? What I mean is this. When you are done saying amen, do you get up off the floor and forget what you prayed? Or do you bring it up later on in the day to the Lord again? Do you mention it throughout the day to him? Uh, I don't know how much they prayed for James the night he was executed. But I know this, that when Peter got arrested a couple of days later, they prayed without ceasing, the Bible said. They prayed and they didn't stop praying. They prayed and they didn't assume God heard them. They didn't assume, okay, we got through, we broke through. They continued praying over and over and over until God literally sent an angel. Why? Because it was a sincere prayer. The, pr the fragrance of the prayer was coming up before the Lord's nostrils and it wasn't going away because they kept praying. They kept pushing it up there. I want to have a prayer life that doesn't just send vapor up before God which basically says, Lord, I want you to do this, but it really doesn't matter to me if you do it or not, because I'm not really sincere about it. I'll forget about it 30 seconds after I'm done praying. I'll cry my eyes out when I pray, but I'll forget about it an hour later. I want a prayer life that reminds God. I want my actions to remind God in the day about what I asked for in the morning. There's something powerful about knowing that you're bringing a memorial prayer to God 
all the time, that you're bringing something up. So first question you'd ask yourself is, do I continue praying? Does my prayer continue after I'm done? Or do I just assume, okay, I've uh, I've fulfilled my obligation? Is your prayer obligatory or is it uh, something you look forward to? Do you, are, you, are you going through the motions in what you pray? Are you going through the motions in what you're saying? Or is this something that's genuinely sincere coming out of you? Because it's being tested in heaven right now. Your prayers are being tested as either sincere or as emotionalism. I want to answer it, but you're not as serious as you think you are. I want to come through, but you're not as focused as you're acting like you are. Because your actions after you get done praying say, I really don't care if you're coming through. What does that mean? Uh, I God, if you don't come through, it's going to fall apart. If you don't come through, we're going to lose it. If you don't come through... Uh, we're not going to make it. That seems sincere. But if 30 minutes later, you're scrolling on your phone all day long and you, you're not even connected. What you're saying to God was, I was emotional, but I wasn't sincere. And so that prayer just kind of went up before him and, and evaporated because it really wasn't. Listen, if you really do think you're, it's going to fall apart, you should be talking to God throughout the day saying, God, I, I know you heard me this morning, but I'm asking you, please come through because we can't make it without you. Your prayer needs to continue. All right. Number two, does your prayer commit? And what that means is sometimes you can get God's attention by going from praying to making vows about what you're praying about. This is this is going to be fun here. But, you know, Hannah prayed, like I said, didn't get God's attention for years. But the second she said, "Okay, you give me a kid, I'll give him back to you. God said that's sincere. That's sincere. And I'm going to answer that prayer because that prayer it has a has a vow attached to it. Jonah prayed in the whale. Nothing happened. But the verse after he makes a vow to God is the verse that God speaks to the fish. So praying did nothing. But when Jonah committed something with the prayer, God said, that's sincere. I can't ignore that. So maybe if you really want God to do something, don't just put it all on God. Put some put some stuff in your own life. Make some vows. And if you end up, well, preacher, well, how, how do I, you know, I can make a vow. How do I keep it? The easiest way to keep a vow is to renew it every single morning. The easiest way to keep your vow is to say every day, God, I renew this vow, whatever it is. I'm going to do this today. Like I've said, I would, because, and you know, there's nothing wrong with, with attaching a vow to a request that you have. Because what you're saying is, God, I need this to happen so bad. I know I can't make it happen on my own, but I'm so sincere about it that even this thing may not even be a sin or may not even be an issue, but I want to show you how sincere I am. I'm going to take something that means something to me and give it to you to let you know I'd rather have you answer the prayer than keep what I've got over here. I'd rather I'd rather have this prayer answered. Then, then be attached to this thing that I don't want to make a vow about. And so, so when you make a vow, it's very difficult to keep sometimes because usually the vow is going to be something that you don't want to do, something that's very uncomfortable, something your flesh definitely doesn't want to do. Uh, it's, it's it's always so. If it's you know if you don't if you don't like. Uh, if you don't like Chinese food and you're like, I vow God not to eat Chinese food. I don't think that's, you know, what we're talking about here. I don't think, you know, if it doesn't mean anything, if there's no, if there's no flesh on your altar, don't expect any fire to fall. So there's gotta be something, something that hurts, something that's sacrificial about a commitment. It's, it's, I want to do this, but because I need you to do this, I'm going to take this and put it on the altar to deal with that. 
And, and so that's, that's sincerity. That's saying, God, I'm, I'm taking my prayer to another level. That's saying, I want that fragrance of the words I'm saying to have more weight in the heavens. I want that prayer to last in your presence. I don't want you just to ignore what I'm saying. Here, here's proof that I want you to hear me. So, so does your prayer commit? Number three, does your prayer cry? This is awesome. Hezekiah was told by the, the prophet that he had, was going to die, and he turned his face to the wall and prayed. And then the Bible said, after he prayed, he wept sore. And then the Bible said, God spoke to Isaiah and said, go back and tell him he's got 15 more years. So he didn't just pray words, but he wept over what he prayed about. This is powerful. It's, it's an amazing thing. And I know this is not going to be popular, but it's an amazing thing to drop tears about the seeds you've planted in prayer. It's, it's, it's a powerful thing when no one's around, even if you're not saying anything, to just be weeping about what you asked God for earlier that morning. And, well, I don't think men should cry. Well, then you have you probably wouldn't like Jesus because the Bible said he he cried with strong cryings and 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 he wept at the tomb of Lazarus. So so that's just your pride. If that's what you're saying, that's just pride. Let's be real. But the truth is no one has to see you can be alone. But can you is your prayer? Let me just say this. Does your prayer stir you up where you where you do cry about it, or is it is it really not that big of a deal? Is your prayer so sincere that when you bring it up, when you think about it later on in the day, it stirs your heart up, it stirs up your emotion, it stirs up your spirit, because um, there's something powerful about knowing I didn't just pray it, but my heart lingers on it when I'm not even saying I'm in a room full of people. I'm worshiping the Lord. Tears are rolling down my face, but I'm thinking about what I prayed about this morning. It's powerful in a church service when you've got your hands raised on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night and tears are rolling down your face and everyone thinks it's the song they're singing. And it's completely what you prayed about that morning. Coming back in your spirit, you're weeping about it in the presence of God. What you're telling God is that was sincere. That was sincere what I asked you this morning. Ezra 10 verse 1, the Bible said he didn't just pray, but then he wept and he cast himself before the ground. And then after he did that, all here, yeah, close the door. So uh, there's there's something powerful about when you're weeping and you understand that it's it's not just it's not just me. It affects other people. Ezra was not afraid to weep over what he prayed about. And his his anointing got so contagious, everyone else started weeping about what he was weeping about. And uh, that's powerful when you're not afraid to cry about what you're needing God to do. Uh, don't be too proud to cry about and ask God. That's not begging God. And I believe and I'm not going to get off my notes here, but I believe there's a there's a very real pattern in the Bible where Satan, when Satan asks God for stuff, Satan seems to be a beggar. Every time Satan's trying to get something, he's begging. He's begging for Job. He desired Peter, which means to beg over and over. Uh, he begged. He got into Judas. Judas begged for money. Uh, he, the prodigal son, he, before he ate the pig's food, the Bible said no man gave unto him. He became a beggar. Um, anytime Satan gets near uh, God, when he's wanting something, he begs for it. He doesn't know how to pray. He doesn't know how to. So he begs. He just asks over. It's like that annoying question over and over. May I, can I, can I, can I please, 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 please. That's what he does to God. He, Satan gets more rejected prayers daily than any human being ever will. So because Satan is not dumb, he, he he's learned the next greatest thing uh, is to learn to teach us to pray like him. 
And when believers, when believers turn into beggars, uh, you get your prayers unanswered also. And so begging is saying, I don't believe you heard me. 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 I don't think you're coming through. I don't think you're coming through. Desperation is different from begging. Desperation is I believe you're coming through. I believe you're going to make your way. I believe you're going to do it. That's desperation. But begging is I don't think you're going to do it. So I lower my expectation. That's why when you see someone begging on the street, what are they doing? They're asking men to come through. Because when you beg, you lower your expectation from God to man. You expect man to do what God is not doing for you. Like the man at Acts 3 when he was asking people for alms. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none. Why was he asking for alms? Because it's the same gate Jesus had passed by. And so he's been ignored by God. So now he's lowered his expectation to man. And now he's begging instead of believing. Fine Bartimaeus was sat by the highway side begging. But when he heard of Jesus, he threw his coat down. What coat was that? The coat of a beggar. He knew God doesn't respond to begging. Men do. So if I need something from man, I'll beg for it. But I need something from God. I've got to believe for it. And so when you have, when you really want a miracle, you have to go from begging, please hear me, please hear me. Because that leads to frustration. That leads to anger. That leads to disappointment. But when you really want his attention, you have to go back into believing. Okay. He does hear me. He does know what I'm saying. So I'm going to take my prayer to another level. I'm going to, I'm going to continue it. I'm going to commit some things to it. I'm going to cry about it. Number four, does your prayer consecrate? Do you pray or do you pray and fast? Daniel added fasting to his praying in Daniel chapter nine, verse three. Uh, Jesus said some things only go up by prayer and fasting. Um, this is awesome. This is the revelation that I think is so cool about fasting. Now, no one likes to fast. If, if someone acts like they do, they're lying. Uh, because if they're a human being, the number one thing you love in this world is food. I don't care how skinny you are. You love food. And if it wasn't the case, you wouldn't need it 48 times a day. So you, you, you love food. I love food. Um, but fasting, this is awesome. Fasting, uh, it's like fuel to a fire. Um, when, um, Janae can walk in the room. I'll just use Janae. Janae can spray her perfume on, walk into the room and, and, and then walk out and I can walk into that same room and she's not even in the room, but I can smell the fragrance of what she's wearing, even though she's left the room, the fragrance lingers in the room, even though she's departed the room. That's what fasting does to prayer. When you ask God to do something, then you take it into fasting. You're done with the prayer meeting, but fasting sends the fragrance up before him and the fragrance lingers in the throne room. It's like, it's, it's why it's, that's why fasting gets more answers than just praying does because fasting lingers when prayer stops. And so when you're, when you're, when you ask, I, I, you know, because if you fasting, you should be fasting for a need. That's, that's why you fast. And so when you're fasting for something, whether it's a day or 10 days, you should have a need that you've prayed about. Well, the prayer is powerful, but if you want the fragrance to stay in the throne room, fasting is what keeps, that's sincerity. That's keeping it lingering in his, Cornelius prayed, but when he wanted his family saved, he fasted too. He put fasting with his prayer and that caused heaven to move in the atmosphere. I mean, how many places in the Bible? The point is that if you don't ever fast and you're needing some prayers answered, maybe that's the key that you need to connect with getting your prayer more sincere. 
is fasting once in a while of what you're asking God about. I'm not just, I'm not just, uh, I'm not just asking it, but I'm, I'm connecting something here. I, I'm on a cause. I'm going to walk away, God, from this prayer meeting, but you're going to think I'm still in the room. You're going to think, you're going to think I'm still talking to you because, uh, because that my fast is talking while I, while I w- go to work, while I, uh, read the Bible while I'm talking to my family. My fast is talking about what I prayed about because that makes it more sincere. Okay. All right. You all good? All right. Number five, does your prayer celebrate? Does your prayer celebrate? Daniel was going to the lion's den. We've all preached a million times. If you're a preacher, prayed three times a day as he did it four times. We all know that. But one little statement that uh, very few people preach was he prayed and gave thanks as he did it four times. Daniel was headed to the lion's den and didn't just pray about it. He started thanking God about it. He, he started thanking God about what he wanted to pray for. It's kind of like Paul and Silas in prison. They prayed, but then they started singing praises because there's something about celebrating what you want to ask about. Um, it's kind of like when you if, if you've got an event at night and you need someone to bring something and you text them and say, hey, when you come tonight, can you bring this? And then you say, thank you so much. They haven't even answered you yet. And you're releasing the thank you before they release the answer. But you're so confident in the value of what you're requesting. You, you, your relationship is so strong that you know this person's going to come through and what I'm requesting. So I'm going to go ahead and start thanking the person now because I know they're going to come through if I ask this. I'm not going to wait for them to say yes. I'm assuming I'm getting a yes. So to show greater sincerity, I'm going to start thanking you before you even say, it'll shock me if you say no, because I'm thanking you before you say yes. So that is what that celebration is that in in the heavens, that is sincere. That does something to God in everything. Give thanks. This is the will of God. So when, when when you're thanking God for what you normally beg for, what you normally plead for, you start thanking him for you're saying, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I think you're big enough to do this. I think you're big enough to come through. I think you value me enough not to drop me right now. I think you love me enough not to forsake me. I think you love my family enough to come through right now. And God said, that's sincere. That's sincere. Alabaster box all oh, is in all four chap all four gospels. And uh and um, you know, only one of the four, I think it's John talks about how what she opened up, the odor filled the room. And uh, the other three doesn't mention that. But in in John, I believe it says that, you know, that that odor was released. And in that that fragrance of her worship that was bottled up changed, didn't just change the room's atmosphere. But Jesus said, anywhere the gospel is preached from here on, this chick's going to be preached about because she just she just got everything uh, she went to a whole another level. And so while she's doing that, of course, Judas is, Judas is, you know, he's not sincere at all. In fact, he's about to betray the Lord. So he's so, he's so unsincere that he's mocking the sincerity of somebody's request. And, and she's, she's got nothing to offer, but this bottle of perfume, but she's so, she's so sincere. She breaks everything that's precious to her. So God can have it. That's sincere. That's why Jesus said, this is what I value as sincere. When you take something that's precious of your own and you'd rather me have it than you have it. You'd rather it be on me and on my body than in your house. When you have something in your house, you'd rather have it in the church 
than in your home. When you value the church more than you do what you get personally, that's that's revelation right there. Jesus said, "I this I'm gonna she's gonna be preached everywhere. Why? Because she's at a level of sincerity where she doesn't care who mocks her, who makes fun of her, who attacks her. She's changing the atmosphere with this request. Now, so so when you're praying tomorrow, because this is the kind of this is the kind of stuff that should go out of this room and into your prayer life. And so, so when you go to pray, uh, if you have a pattern or not, I want you to challenge you. I want to challenge you to, uh, to when you're done praying, to start thinking throughout the day. Am I, can I continue this prayer? And then, and then I want you to start committing something to the Lord. Ask the Lord, what can I commit to you? What can I make a vow about? Uh, what's, you know, what, how serious am I about this request? Now, if you don't have a big need, you probably, you, you know, it probably won't be a big deal, but if you've got something, you got a lost loved one, you got a job situation, you got something in your body, you got some, you, you might want to get serious about the vow thing, because that's saying, God, like, I'm going to go all in and, and, and I can't control the outcome. I can't control if you say yes or no. I can't control when, how, where you do it. All I can control is my level of sincerity. All I can control is how long the fragrance lingers in your presence. So I'm going to make it linger as long as I possibly can. And I'm going to just say, God, you know, you know how much this means to me. And I'm going to let this go because I need you to do this. So that, that commitment and add some crying to your prayer, add some consecration to your prayer. It may not be fasting. You might fast more than anybody in the whole church. You might need to do something different besides fasting, but, but add something when it comes to consecration, uh, to your prayer and then, and then start celebrating and start working on this in your day-to-day life. And I promise you that number one, you're going to get deeper breakthroughs in prayer because you're already going to be thinking ahead when you're in the prayer meeting. I'm going to be continuing this today. I'm going to be committing something about, and then when you make that commitment now, tomorrow, when you go to pray, it's like, man, there's this commitment attached to what I'm asking God for now. It's not just that I'm expecting God to be Santa and I gave him my list and now I need you to come through and answer what I want. Now it's I've got some I've got some logs on the fire. I've got some flesh on the altar. I've got some skin in the game. Uh, you know, there's this is serious to me. I'm sincere. And I think that hell fears sincerity more than anything. Uh, because because, you know, people get caught up in eloquence and how that God's, you know, you got to pray a certain way to God. I don't think so. I think. Hell fears sincerity. Uh, there's something about not even knowing how to pray, but just being straight up real with God and 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 meaning what you're saying and not just talking in the, in the prayer meeting, but after the prayer meeting's over, living your life in a way that reflects what you requested. Sincerity, you're probably going to get some prayers answered pretty soon that, that, that uh, maybe have not been answered because the fragrance wasn't lingering long enough in the throne room. Any questions or comments or critiques, bring them on. I'm ready.